Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Now, it's all about the hybrid, a mixture of technology and live events. Indeed. Now, we're going to talk to Hublo now. Now, they're a global platform for virtual and hybrid events. And they're going to tell us about how they see the event management industry changing in 2022, as hopefully, fingers crossed, we will slowly move towards endemic phase of living with Omicron. So joining us now on the line, we have Liesl Leary-Perez. She's the Vice President for the Corporate Marketing of Hubelo. Liesl, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. You guys are so entertaining. I kind of just you know, could hear you guys talking forever. <laughs> well, don't say that, Liesl. Dan's only stepped in for five minutes. His ego's already uh, gone through the roof. There'll be no living with him now, I'm certain. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a hybrid experience working with Dan. I can tell you that. Okay, let's talk Hubelo. Okay, you're, you're, you're a global platform, virtual and hybrid events. Let's bring it right up to date. How have things evolved for you at Hubelo in the last couple of years? Bring us up to speed, how, it's, how it started, how it was going, and where you are now. Okay, so let's just start. I, I did actually have an event planning background before I um, joined Hubelo. It's, just, it's part of marketing. You know, you're oftentimes planning these big events. But what really actually brought the need for Hublo to my attention was when I was um, head of corporate marketing for a $3 billion company of 50,000 employees. And all of a sudden, you know, we realized we actually have to um, bring all of these people together and communicate with them fast. Um, and you can't just do that over email and you can't just do that over social. Everybody has a different way of, um, you know, communicating. And so, you know, before when you thought about events, you thought about trade shows and conferences. But now we're looking at events um, in everyday life, in things like you know global corporate town halls, mm. in in um, people just well, you know wanting to get get together and or just increase their attendance um, by allowing more people to join events. And yeah. so, you know, where has how has it changed? Um, you know, it, 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 you know, attendance is important, but the other thing that's also important that's that's really changed is that. You know, we're at home, to your point, we're at hybrid, right? So mm. getting people's attention is a lot harder than it was before. So so having really deep engagement and having events that aren't just people listening to people talk, but also like, you know, getting them to participate in that event, even if they're at home, um, just so you can keep them from getting distracted. That's that's part of the game now. And that that probably wasn't there before. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of anecdotal observations. I mean, I had a couple of book launches last year that were virtual. Advantages were obvious. You know, I had people tuning in from a dozen different countries where normally it's 50 Singaporeans in a bookstore. So from that point of view, very grateful. Another positive, I'm sure you see it in your line of work. I often get more questions because sometimes people are a little bit reticent to stand up in a crowd, raise their hand. No one wants to see it sound like they're asking a foolish question. But if you can hide a little bit with the anonymity of of, of yep. uh, social media, you know, behind a name, they're okay with doing that. Those yeah, are some of the positives. Yeah, of course. And, it's, and let's be honest, it's quite common in Singapore. The negatives. Yeah. Let's talk about the negatives, Liesl. Video fatigue. You know, that's yeah. a real thing, isn't it? How do we deal with video fatigue? We use it at work. We use it for fun. And then if we then have to use it for meetings and events, how do you overcome that fatigue? See, here's the thing. Okay, at the end of the day, do you ever hear anybody complaining about Netflix fatigue or Amazon Prime fatigue? 
Has anyone ever said that? Dan does. He's not happy with the second season of The Witcher. But that's <laughs> it's a whole, taking too long. It's that, taking that's too a whole different long. story. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different story. And so here's the thing. I don't think people are actually tired of watching the screen because if they were, they'd be complaining about, oh God, I have to watch Netflix again. Nobody's saying that, right? Mm. Um, and so what that talks, what that, what that really speaks to is A, the content is relevant to people. Um, B, uh, you know, it's in, if it's engaging, people will watch, right? So it's not about the video that people are actually um, getting tired of. It's about the monotony. It's about the lack of engagement. Um, and it's about, you know, not having a great story to tell and not great content. So, um, you know, I really think that for companies like us, um, you know, one of the things that, that happened when I started um, at Hublot is I said, you know what, we need to start, we need to stop thinking about this like a glorified webinar and start thinking about this like a broadcast, right? And, um, you know, I, I admire the skills that uh, you as radio hosts um, have because, you know, it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of um, just charisma. And there's a certain kind of, you know, specialness that comes when you have like a professional host um, hosting these events. And that's one of the things we did, actually, um, on top of bringing in green screens and, you know, that kind of technology. We also brought in a professional host and, um, you know, that makes us such a, a huge difference. And this is another pro tip um, <laughs> for hosting a, a virtual event, um, showing people's feet. That apparently was like huge. That's one of the biggest comments we got when we started, you know, showcasing our, our virtual events. It's like, oh my god, we haven't seen feet in like you know two years on a on a on a webinar. <laughs> I'm assuming so, you mean by people standing up, not just kind of doing that. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not a foot fetish. That's not what I'm going. Yeah, I'm going with. Um, I'm going with just people. Yeah, just seeing people's like entire bodies instead of just you know getting just seeing people in, in a in a box. And so I mean that's another thing that I think we've you know. Um, um, really starting to see more people trying to do is you need to break away from the heads and boxes. Yeah, a couple of things yeah. there, Liesl, to that you seem to be highlighting. One, it seems to be the age old, because it's true, that it's the it's the message rather than the medium. I mean, if the message is boring, it doesn't matter whether it's live or on video, you know, people are going to switch off. So that that's a good mm-hmm. point. And the second point that I'm interested in is the balance. Because you are a hybrid platform at Hublot, you know, what is that balance between virtual and hybrid and, and live and recorded, live and video? I mean, how do you, what, what is that secret ingredient, that magic line in the sand when you're doing something hybrid? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I really think that it's, uh, we're not trying to replace live events, FYI, mm. right? Like, I don't think that's ever going to go away. People are always going to gather and that's okay. Um, that's, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And we, we, we highly encourage it. Um, I, I think what, uh, to your point about, you know, what's the line between when do you do virtual and when you do high, um, you know, live, I think, why not choose both? It's, it's, it's scalable and cost effective enough that you can give people the options. And that's what people want, right? If you think about the work world, right, where people work has largely been, that question has largely been answered. And it's pretty much, you know, most people can work from home mm-hmm. and most people want to work from home and some people don't, and that's fine. Um, you got to give them that flexibility. I mean, but the other question too is, is the question of when, mm-hmm. right? Um, when do they want to 
work. And so when people are, you know, you're seeing more of these asynchronous um, type of schedules where people are choosing when they want to work. I'm one of those people. Um, my team's in India. So, you know, I happen to work whenever I feel like it because <laughs> they're going to be asleep most of, most of my day. And so I can get other things done. But when you have that, when you have a, a mass amount of people who have sort of this flexibility, you also have to be flexible with your events. Wonderful. And so um, it's really, for me, I think every live event should have a virtual component because, you know, you might be, you, you might have people in the audience that just can't make it during that time. They're in a different time zone, but they still want to engage with your content. Yep. So why not just add it? It's cheap. It's easy to do. Um, and you can increase the number of, um, of leads and, and registrations and attendees than you would have gotten um, if you just did it live. Absolutely. We're chatting with the wonderfully animated Liesl Leary-Perez, Vice President for Corporate Marketing at Hublot. What are some of the things that you've seen, particularly in Singapore, uh, maybe Asia-wide, Asia-Pacific-wide? You know, what are some of the trends that you're seeing in these virtual events or virtual reality spaces? What are some of the things that you would pinpoint have developed in the last six months, year or so? I mean, certainly um, for the APEC market, wh- one of the things that we've noticed uh, is that there's just a lot more um, excitement about the engagement features we have in the contests and leaderboards. Um, that's one of the ways that um, I think Hubelo differentiates itself as a platform. We just have um, a better way of of um, doing contests and, and measuring that engagement. Um, so that's, you know, um, that's been really, really good. And the contests could be in, in different things. Um, you know, we've had contests for you know, funniest meme, you know, when people upload that and we just seem to be getting a lot more, um, from, from the APAC region on that. Um, we also have, um, you know, uh, contests for the most engagement people who make the most comments on the, you know, during the conference and things like that. So that's, that's something we've noticed that's really region specific. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So, uh, why not let's talk about the metaverse as well as the change in consumer expectations for the virtual experiences. What can you share more about it and its potential? Yeah. So, yeah. And one thing I'm going to mention is, is, you know, the the metaverse is still sort of it's in an embryonic stage. Right. Um, But that's that's going to you know, not everybody has the virtual headsets. And, you know, I mean, you know, the cool kids do, but not everybody does. At some point, that's going to (laughs) change. So but the thing that actually got me the other day, I actually just I did an interview and somebody um, had asked me about, like, do you think it's worth almost $500,000 to have the virtual space next to Snoop Dogg in the metaverse. (laughs) And and I kind of had to think about that for a moment. I'm like, okay, we're talking about this, like it's real estate, like there's just scarcity of land in the digital world, right? (laughs) There's there's zero scarcity of land in the digital world. So at the end of, yeah, so it's not really real estate, it's virtual estate. But, you know, what that points to is what people are willing to sort of pay for, for proximity, Mm, um, and right. proximity to celebrity, and that's kind of what they're they're interested in. But what that actually makes me think about um, at the end of the day, if people are willing to pay for that amount of money for proximity, I mean, it, you don't ha- you don't just have to be in the metaverse to get that proximity to you know celebrities or any interest you have, right? Mm. Um, you can do that in a virtual event. It's far mm. more scalable, kind of like your bookstore, you know, uh, example. Um, you know, you're going to see a lot more events in the future who are you know, bringing in celebrities so that and people can go to these events and they can, you know, take their their group selfie, you know, their face next to <laughs> whatever it is that they're interested in. Um, and so I really do think that that that's kind of what the metaverse is talking is saying right now to us in the sense of, you know, what 
how people are engaging now um, with their topics of interest. It's not enough to just read about it. Right? Right. This yeah. is like fandom on a different level. Yeah. <laughs> Liesl, let's let's jump in there and talk a little bit about yeah. that word you mentioned there, the keyword proximity. I was meeting with someone just last week who had taken a, a business trip that involved so many tests, you know, as they do at the moment, the, the VTL scheme. And he was only on this business trip for a couple of days. And I said, why did you, you know, all that admin and logistics, why? He said, because ultimately the real business will always be done, not during the presentation. It'll be done in the networking, in the tea and coffee moments, after, post-presentation. You know, where does a hybrid platform fit into that? People will still tend to say, ultimately, the live experience is the key experience because that's when the real business deals are done after the talk with the tea and coffee in hand. How does hybrid compete with that? Yeah, I don't disagree with that. You know, I I think um, especially in Asian cultures where guanxi is still a thing and you definitely need to build those relationships, that's always going to be true, right? We're not saying that you're not ever going to meet in person, but I have to say that the bar for meeting in person is now very, very high, Mm. Um, even for myself, because it's just less productive for me to, you know, I used to travel every three months, you know, internationally um, to the UK. And um, nowadays it's just like, do I even have to get out of my house and like put on clothes? (laughs) (laughs) That's a real struggle. (laughs) It's a real struggle for us to keep Dan's clothes on. You know, he's always undoing buttons and such like. It's a hard work with this handsome young man. I think, but yeah. So, so I mean, we're not. It's it's true. You know, the real business is is it's always the real business is always relationship building, right? Um, but relationship building doesn't just happen have to happen in person. It happens in phases. It can start online. Um, you know, if if this wasn't true, then you wouldn't have as many, you know, happy match dot com um, couples out there. By the way, I'm one. <laughs> I met my husband online. <laughs> So, so I can say for a fact, definitively, you can start a relationship online. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Liesl, finally, I mean, we can't say this definitively, but if you can get your crystal ball out for a second, what do you see next? What do you see next for Hublot, the hybrid hybrid event management model? Where does it go from here? Yeah, I, here's the thing. Here's the question I think everyone who's listening to your show should ask themselves. If you could meet anybody, right, who would it be? And If you can answer that question, I think you can kind of prognosticate on the future of hybrid events, because the reality of, of, you know, virtual events is that the barriers to meeting people have now, you know, become lower. Um, So if you're a, you know, someone who's a fan of a celebrity, um, you know, for celebrities, of course, they're going to start doing these virtual events because it's like a great way to just engage with their audience without having to go anywhere and without having to get mobbed. Um, <laughs> if you're a CEO and you're worried about like, hey, how do I keep my remote workforce together and I want to meet with them more, virtual events is going to be it. Think about, if you think about just who you could meet now because the barriers aren't there to keep you from meeting those people, um, what that means is that there's just going to be more opportunity for the world to connect that way. Um, and so for Hublot, I think we're in a really, you know, great place because, you know, we get to watch all of these different people from different worlds and different um, backgrounds come together. And there's magic that happens when, when, you know, that occurs. So, um, you know, I've just, 
my my personal favorite thing to watch every single week is what events are being hosted on Hublo. And sometimes it's, you know, the um, Healthy Cities Conference <laughs> is coming on mm. Hublo. Sometimes it's the Cryptocurrency Conference. Sometimes it's this year was like the Long Association Healthy Breathing Conference. Right. Um, and it just strikes me as really moving that you have people from all over the world coming up with their ideas, trying to solve some of these really challenging um, problems. And, and you know, they may not have met each other in any other way because it was too prohibitive to do so in the past. So I just see a more connected universe, and I think that's great. Couldn't agree more. Fantastic. Liesl Leary Perez, Vice President of Corporate Marketing at Hublo. Fantastic chat. You're so animated. Do come on again <laughs> soon. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.